We have a sense of where the Green Bay Packers are headed with their defensive coordinator search. We dive into the candidates we know already. Some of the things you might not be thinking about with this incredibly young group of candidates that we have before us. Plus, why who won the NFC Championship game didn't matter. The Packers have to feel like they can play with anyone in the conference in 2024. All of that on a loaded Locked on Packers. You are Locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And today's episode, Locked on Packers, brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. We got a group of names reported around the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator search. The Packers are not the type of organization that are going to just tweet out all the candidates. Some teams do this. During the AFC Championship game, the Pittsburgh Steelers are like, hey, we're interviewing Arthur Smith. And it's like, is that really how you want to handle this? Eh, Maybe not. So, four coaches that we've heard about so far. Before we get to the names, let's just recap. Last week, we talked on this show about the qualities that we were looking for. Under 55, no long-time retread coaches. And you are hiring the coach, not The scheme. This is important. It's all important as we try and figure out what's coming next here for the Packers. And when you look at this group, the group of players, or excuse me, the group of coaches that the Packers have brought in so far, this is just reported interviews. No one even over 45, much less 55. No long-time retread head coaches. Brandon Staley was a head coach, but he was there for a good time, not a long time. And these are this is a diverse group of coaches. It's not just the Fangio tree. It's not just the it's the Dan Quinn or whatever. Like, and there aren't even that many other trees right now in the NFL. The first name we got, Brandon Staley, and. I understand the eye rolls. I really do. Because it did not go well in LA. And so, okay, I get it. 
And that team, it wasn't like they didn't have talent on that team. They did. So you go, well, and we're talking about the Chargers. It went really well in LA with the Rams, but they had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey in their primes. And I understand that. But let me sell you on Brandon Staley for a second because I I do think he can make sense for the Packers. Although I we did get the reporting from Rob Domofsky and Adam Schefter that Brandon Staley is not going to be a preferred candidate. That jives with what I've heard as well, that they brought him in a real candidate. Jason Hershorn had a great piece in the leap um, last week with a ton of intel and info. He's got another one out today. So we the leap is your place for the latest on the Packers head coaching search, what's being talked about around the league, these candidates. I, I did some, some digging myself on these guys. We're going to talk about it. But the reason I think you shouldn't just poo-poo Brandon Staley is Sean McVay was tasked by Les Snead with this idea. We've talked about this on the show before. I've been tweeting about it and and, and really only everydayers of the show have any clue what I'm talking about apparently. Les Snead told Sean McVay, go find your Sean McVay. And he found Brandon Staley. And they had a top three defense. Um, they were able to stop the run despite playing a million light boxes. And it wasn't just Aaron Donald. It wasn't just Jalen Ramsey. And they were so good. The rest of the league decided they needed to get a Vic Fangio type or literally Vic Fangio to run their defense. Despite the fact that Vic Fangio had been kicking around the league as a defensive coordinator for like 30 years. But this was the panacea for Shanahan tree offenses or so it seemed. Matt LaFleur was so taken by the defense, he decided to hire Joe Barry off the Brandon Staley tree just because that defense was such a pain in the ass to prepare for. It didn't work in LA with the Chargers. He was clearly not fit to be a head coach. It's too much administration. It's too much politicking. It, it, it just He's not suited to it apparently at this point in his career. Who knows what happens later in his career? If Matt LaFleur and and Sean McVay think he's a, a good coach, it's hard for me to believe that there's nothing redeeming there. Okay. I don't think he's going to get the job, but that that's a thing that happened. There is then an interesting name from Dallas. And I'm going in sort of reverse order because I don't think Brandon Staley is really in the mix to get the job, although I don't think it would be shocking if he did. But then you look at another interesting coach from the Dallas Cowboys. And you're going, okay, but he's from London What's going on here exactly? And I understand your confusion. I was confused too the first time that I had heard like, dirt, dirty. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I didn't watch Hard Knocks. I don't, I don't know. Defensive line coach for the Dallas Cowboys. 
And you're going, okay, well, I understand that's the, but that's the, that's the Dan Quinn tree. Um, that's a different kind of thing. That's interesting. Aiden Durd is the full name of the coach. He's the oldest coach they interviewed, 44 years old. He's from England, played internationally, defensive line coach, and and really well-liked in Dallas. Interesting that it was Durd, not Al Harris, that got that look. I don't think he's meaningful in, meaningfully in this race. Just don't. But who knows? Maybe you hire him. He's a defensive line coach in Dallas. Maybe you can get him to come with and be your passing game coordinator or some sort of run game specialist. You could you could offer him an elevated role, and you know your your Dan Quinns of the world are probably going to be like, yeah, go take it. That's great. The two coordinators as of yet that I think are most interesting so far, and I I like it's been reported Jim Leonard is going to be in the mix here. It's been reported Wink Martindale and Chris Harris are going to be in the mix here. Don't act like this is over. It's not. But Bobby Babich from Buffalo. This is a fascinating one. Son of a coach. Coached in in Chicago with Lovey Smith. So that's that's the Tampa 2. Bears 2 defense. Joe Barry tree. There's some overlap. But then with Sean McDermott in Buffalo, that's the Jim Johnson tree. Different situation, different set of circumstances. And he was the safeties coach when Micah Hyde comes in and Jordan Poyer comes in and changes their careers. Goes to linebacker and is there when Tremaine Edmonds has the best year of his career. Matt Milano becomes an all-pro caliber player. Edmonds leaves. Milano gets hurt. And now you bring in two new linebackers and it's like you don't miss a beat in Buffalo at least at the linebacker position. And you have Locked On Bills host, Joe Marino, on Twitter advocating, hey, just elevate this guy right now. Just, uh, don't let him leave. Make him the defensive coordinator. It's a weird structure there. They don't even have a defensive coordinator. That's, And, and the feedback that I got on him was, they really like him. He's young, 40, 41 years old. There was the clip going around about being adaptable and you know just wanting to, to play to the strengths of the players and all those things. Let's not hire a coach off a clip, please. But that's an interesting name, to be sure. The bloodlines, all that stuff. And then Christian Parker is the name on the lips of a lot of Packers Twitter right now. 32 years old, former Packers QC with Mike Pettin. He goes to Denver and he survives three regime changes in Denver from Vic Fangio to Nathaniel Hackett. Now, Nathaniel Hackett has the built-in, hey, they were on the staff together. So you go, okay, I can buy that. But then Nathaniel Hackett gets fired and he survives to Vance Joseph. As my pal Jason Hershorn said to me over text, that is a... That is a green flag, not a red flag. Compared to Kevin Stefanski, who also survived several different regimes on his way to a head coaching job. Christian Parker, the the overwhelming feedback on that was outstanding. I think he is very much in the mix here. He's a, a beloved coach. 
Uh, I talked to an offensive player who was on a team where he was the DB's coach. Loved him. There's a clip going around of him in Denver. Jerry Judy coming up to him and, and talking to him about something. He is the kind of coach who players are going to gravitate to him. Really good teacher. Was installing the defense last year in Denver. They're, they're putting in the Fangio principles as Vance Joseph makes tweaks and do, does the little things that he's going to do. That's an interesting that's an interesting name to think to keep in mind, but it's not without question. None of these names are Brandon Staley less so, but I'm going to talk about the other candidates that we know about right now and the potential pitfalls of going young. This is something that I think has not been discussed enough and we're going to talk about it in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy platform in North America. You are running out of opportunities to put together a daily fantasy lineup with football. One game left in the Super Bowl. But the beauty of it is Prize Picks does more than just football. You can play Prize Picks year round, you can mix football and basketball if you want. You put LeBron James and Travis Kelsey in a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions in the Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be fun? You can win up to 25 times your money. I will say that again. You can put 10 bucks in, and if you are if you nail the right lineup, you can win up to 250 bucks just off that $10. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use the code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com. Slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel. I've been an advocate of getting a young DC. But as I thought about a candidate like Christian Parker, for example, I'm going, okay, he's 32. He was a QC on this team in 2019. So that means Jerry Montgomery and Kirk Olivadotti were on that staff. He's now going to be their boss and they're both 15 plus years his senior. They didn't get interviews for the job that we know of. It could still happen. Now, maybe if you're Matt LaFleur, you're willing to say, who cares? You guys don't like it? Peace out. It was weird the first time when they said, hey, Joe Barry, come replace Mike Patton and and nothing else changes. It wasn't literally nothing else. Like There have been a number of, of positions that have changed over since then. Part of that was Jerry Gray left because he didn't want to work for Joe Barry anymore. Mike Smith leaves. Uh, you you replace your safeties coach. You got a new passing game coordinator because Jerry Gray's left. So there has been some turnover here. But hiring Christian Parker essentially resigns you to 
changing your linebacker and defensive line coach, and presumably you like those guys. Now that if if you need to do that to change your defensive coordinator and you think you have a, a future star, then you go ahead and do it. But the danger, you look at Durd and you look at uh, Parker and you look at Babbage. They haven't called a defense in the NFL at a high level. And so when you are the Packers in this position and you feel like you're going to be an NFC contender next year, what level of risk are you willing to take on? I'm not saying don't take a big swing, but understand what the risk is. And it seems like Matt LaFleur is copping to an error that he made when he hired Joe Barry over a Giro Evero. And he took the more known quantity over the coach who ultimately turns out to just be a better coach. And he took Barry because Barry had been a defensive coordinator before and he wanted he wanted the familiarity. He wanted to say, yeah, just do it. And if I need to step in, I can. I think Matt LaFleur needs to feel like at this point in his career, no matter who he brings in, you got to trust me. Because Wink Martindale, like the Ravens said, thanks, but no thanks. We're, we're good. The Giants said, thanks, but no thanks. We're good. You got to prove you still got it if you're going to come in. Even a veteran coach like that. He's got to believe he's got the gravitas. Like Kyle Shanahan brings in Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes is a long, long, long time NFL coach. A long time respected defensive coordinator. A coach who his players in Carolina wanted to get the defensive coordinator job. Or excuse me, the head coach job as the defensive coordinator when he was the interim. He didn't get that job. It went to a coach that they had to fire mid-season. Just a, a healthy organization over there with the Panthers. There is runway here with this job, unlike in Carolina. Matt LaFleur is not going anywhere. Brian Gutekinds is not going anywhere. This team is going to be good next year. So if you're going to take this job, you have a chance to write your ticket. It's appealing from a defensive coordinator job perspective. But if you're the Packers, there is a, a needle you have to thread, a line you have to walk when it comes to understanding the value in taking a swing and weighing it against taking a risk. And again, I'm not saying don't take a risk. In a lot of ways, I'm saying exactly that. Take a risk. But it's why when I was looking at my list, I'm looking at Jim Leonard, defensive coordinator. Now, in college football, but he's called games. He's game-planned to call a defense, even in college. Glenn Schumann at Georgia. He has game-planned to call a defense. Jesse Minter, off the board, expected to go to L.A. with Jim Harbaugh. Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley has been a defensive coordinator. He has game planned to call 
the plays. Now, the reason, you know, let's say you want to hire, you want to thread that needle, but you also can't say, well, I'm going to fall back on that. So when you interview Brandon Staley, what you want to find out is, do you have any new ideas? The reason you want all these young players or these young coaches is because you want something new. You you don't want the same old thing that every other team is doing and you want to be able to adapt. I, I think it is fitting that Mike McDaniel, he goes out, he gets Vic Fangio and after a year says, you know what? This is not it. And part of it, I have to assume, is because Vic Fangio, who is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, period. I'm sure Mike McDaniel at some point felt like, I need you to be willing to do something crazy, something something else, evolve, grow, change in meaningful ways. It just seems like that's not what's happening there. And so this is the conundrum that the Packers face is wanting to take this swing, wanting Matt LaFleur to go find his Matt LaFleur, but understanding that they're not in a position to fail again. That's what makes this tough. That's what makes this tough. And I don't have a good answer for it. I really don't. But it is why someone like Jim Leonard remains at the top of the list for me. I know he hasn't game plan for NFL as a defensive coordinator, but he played in the NFL and then has been a defensive coordinator. I think that is that is the way you are able to have your feet on both sides of ter- the territory there. Okay, taking a risk. Let's push things forward. You get the college coach, defensive coordinator experience. That's high-level football. I know it's not the NFL, but high-level football. And NFL experience understands the NFL game is a different beast, understands as a former player how to talk to players, all those things. It's This is not an open and shut case. Like the idea that Christian Parker is just going to walk in and it's all going to be fine It's just not true. That is a more fraught hiring experience than I think a lot of fans are willing to admit. And I I just felt like we we had to talk about it. Now we've talked about it and we can be done. But if they hire one of these young guys, it will come up again and we will talk about it again. I promise We're, we're gonna talk about the Packers in 2024 and feeling like they really missed an opportunity. Because they did. We're going to finish with that in just a second on Locked On Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need an opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let it out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking the same thing this week. If Darnell Savage catches that first interception that Brock Purdy throws right to him, the Packers are in the Super Bowl right now. We're talking about Packers Chiefs, a Super Bowl one rematch. Look, therapy can be different for everyone. 
Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off our chest every once in a while. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to our first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. There was a lot of consternation on Packers Twitter about who to root for in the NFC Championship game. And I thought it was I thought it was funny for a lot of reasons, but the thing that kept jumping out to me as I was watching is the Packers had to have felt like it should have been them. The Lions come out and and they dominate the early run of play. It's 24 to 7 at halftime. It's 14 to nothing after the first quarter. And they marched right down the field just like the Packers did. They did the things that the 49ers were not able to be punished for in the first game. The the Packers dropped interceptions. They didn't score in the red zone early. But Detroit, because they're Detroit, um, let the 49ers get back in the game. The 49ers score 17 points in the third quarter. Whatever. It, that, that's not the point of this. The Packers absolutely felt like if they had played the Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship game that they would have won. And they would have been right to believe that. Now, whether or not they would have actually won, we don't know. The Packers won some games they had no business losing uh, over the course of the season. What's up, Tommy DeVito? But the last time we saw the Packers and the Lions play, the Packers looked like the better team. And I would say over the last month and a half, Green Bay also looked like the better team. Like the Lions should have lost to the Bears twice. They almost lost to the Vikings. Kind of trying with their starters out there. The Vikings team that the Packers blew out. And then the Packers beat the crap out of the Cowboys in a way that, you know, the Lions just didn't. Just didn't. And then the Packers, of course, with the 49ers, they had their opportunities. You know, the their advanced metrics. And I, I frankly don't even want to go into it because it makes my head hurt a little bit. But we know the Packers play to play, down to down, drive to drive, outplayed the 49ers in that divisional round game. They, there's, there's no way around it. They did. They were, a, a, you know, a fingernail here or there of of winning that game. And I said on in the 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 break earlier like if Darnell Savage catches the interception that is thrown right to him that the Lions did catch the Packers win. If Keyshawn Nixon catches the interception that's thrown right to him the Packers win. And if Jordan Love doesn't short circuit on the final drive and of course you don't get to say that he did the Packers probably win. They have to feel like they, in in either of these games, against either of the oppo- these opponents, they could have and should have won. That was not always the case. Even in the Aaron Rodgers era, in 2019, 
That Packers team was just not beating that 49ers team. They were not good enough. In 2016, they get to the NFC Championship game. They were just not good enough. The 2015 team, they were just not good enough. The 2012 team, 2013 team, Rodgers hurt. Those teams weren't good enough. This team was. And I don't want to hear the inexperience excuse. The Lions are inexperienced too, and they 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 blew it. But they they probably should have won that game too. And the Lions are kicking themselves, going, <sighs> and now Ben Johnson probably gonna go be the commander's coach. And who knows? Who knows what happens from here on out? The Packers had their opportunity, and this is not about missed opportunity. Not this segment is not about that. It could be, but it's not. It's really not. I know we we started it that way, but this is about the Packers as they head into next year, not just thinking, not just believing, knowing that they are one of the best teams in the conference, knowing they can go head-to-head and outplay the 49ers, knowing they can go head-to-head and outplay the Detroit Lions, knowing they can go head-to-head and outplay the Dallas Cowboys. Who else in the league can reasonably say that in the NFC, for sure. Not the Eagles. Not the Eagles. They're a disaster. They had to change their whole staff. That's a mess over there. Not the Cowboys. They got blown up by the 49ers and the Packers. Not the Rams. They had their chance to beat Detroit. They had their chance to beat San Francisco. Couldn't do it. Not in a game that mattered. Now Raheem Morris is gone in LA. Ben Johnson is about to be gone for the Lions. And who knows the future of the 49ers? There are players that have to be paid. They're not going to have a huge attrition in, in the coaching staff for the first time really in a while for Kyle Shanahan. The guys need contracts. Brian, Brandon Ayuk's got to get his money. There are questions that have to be answered there as well. And I think, frankly, the Chiefs are going to go and win the Super Bowl and we're going to go Kyle Shanahan lost again. Now, they did they did well to come back and win this game and good for them and and they've they've shown now that they can play from behind in a way that it didn't seem like they'd be capable of doing and that's a credit to them but the, but the packers should have won that game and that means that this team is capable of beating anybody in the NFC they are not afraid of anybody they should not be afraid of anybody and that is that is the point of this that this packers team right now today is ready to go compete in the NFC, to go have a chance to play for a Super Bowl. That is incredibly exciting, and I can't wait to talk about it all offseason and during the season and next season, and it's in New Orleans. Wouldn't it be fun? Super Bowl 31. Probably not going to be with the Patriots, but it would be pretty cool to go back to where it all started again with Brett Favre. The cycle repeats itself. Time is a flat circle, all that stuff. I can't wait. I can't wait to dig into it this week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, the Packers hire a defensive coordinator. We're going to talk about it live over on our YouTube page so you can stay Locked on Packers.